director Shaka King reunites Get Out starts Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield as they deliver Oscar-worthy performances in the biopic Judas and the Black Messiah. Stanfield plays William O'Neill, a car thief turned informant for the FBI, sent to infiltrate the Chicago chapter of the Black Panther Party. Kaluuya plays 21-year-old activist Fred Hampton, serving as chairman of the political movement. This dramatic story retells the moments leading up to the assassination of Fred Hampton. I'm Denny. And I'm Veronica. Stay with us as we discuss Judas and the Black Messiah on another episode of the Vulgar Geniuses Podcast. So don't go away. Are you currently looking for a bookstore that has a great selection of books? Well, Kizzy's Books and More is that bookstore. Visit www.kizzysbooksandmore.com to purchase your next book for our book club. Use coupon code VULGARGENIUS to receive 10% off the subtotal of your first order. Hello, welcome back. How's your February? It's wonderful because it's Black History Month. <laughs> that is true. We're your hosts, Denny and Veronica. And it's still the Vulgar Geniuses Podcast. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Hi, how are you? <laughs> how are you doing this cold, cold winter? I, I feel bad for like everybody except us. They're in the throes of winter. Yeah, there's snow. There's snow everywhere. Yeah. But... You know, climate change is real. <laughs> climate change is definitely real. And so is COVID. While while everyone else is seeing the decline, we're seeing the uptick. Yes. <laughs> Here in Florida, we don't, I guess, we don't like to, like, stay in our houses, apparently. No. With masks on and... No, we don't. Self-distance, social so, distance from each yeah, other. Um, it's shameful. Um, and I'm pissed. You know, you know I'm pissed, but that's not new. <laughs> so we we just gotta keep on pushing. <laughs> We're just gonna keep on going and uh, giving you all of the wonderful content. Yes. To keep you, um, you know, satisfied while we're dealing with this pandemic. Yeah, it's still real. It's still there. It hasn't disappeared. So let us comfort you with our soothing voices on this podcast. I don't know about soothing, but here I go. (laughs) So February, our book of the month Mm -hmm. is Black Buck um, by Matteo Ascapur. Yeah, Said his name, pray. Boop, boop. (laughs) Um, And our YA book of the month is... Kosoko Jackson. Yesterday is History. So we talked to him, actually, on a on a previous podcast before this. So if you're interested in meeting the wonderful Kosoko Jackson, please check out that podcast. That book is very wonderful. It's a really, really good story. And it's a story that you probably haven't read um, anywhere else. Yeah, it's it's definitely good. Go ahead and check out that one. It was the most recent podcast previous to the one that you are currently listening to. Um, Oh, we also have another one that's coming out. Clap. When You Land yes, by Elizabeth Acevedo. She just celebrated her birthday a few days ago. So happy birthday to the wonderful writer. Um, we're excited about that one. And it is the return of our wonderful YA reviewers, Rachel and Brianna. So make sure you stay tuned for that episode. Um, and then we have a, um, 
we have one that's coming up in March. You all are going to want to definitely make I sure know. you listen to. We are interviewing a New York New York Times bestselling author, Mateo. Ask her for. He's going to be in the house. And I am over the moon, over the stars, <laughs> over the galaxies excited. Only you? I am very excited. I'm also kind of like very intimidated, but we won't tell him that. <laughs> no, we won't. We're going to just go in like the professionals that we are. <laughs> So outside of all of our book news that we got coming up, we got some other ways that you all can support us outside of just listening to this podcast. Yeah, so we can do more of the content and more of the more of the social things that we need to talk about. Yeah, so we got a Patreon um, profile that you can go onto our our um, our Instagram and find the link for. I have yet to put it on the website. I need to get on that. <laughs> job and fix that up but um for right now just go to our instagram and look at our link box and it's there you can click on it and join us on patreon or you could just do a simple google search we're the only vulgar geniuses there there is the one and only you can also um get books through our bookshop page um and you know it it helps all independent bookstores around the united states so you know, we gotta we gotta destroy capitalism. Yes. <laughs> support Welcome your to local my mind. bookstores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> support your local bookstores. That's the underlying theme. Um, but yeah, we're on bookshop, we're on Patreon, and also if you like shirts, um, I don't know, throws <laughs> shower curtains, yes. whatever you Girl, want. Shower curtains. We got it. <laughs> um, so we also have merch. Um, so, you know, rep vulgar geniuses around the world. Yes. We want to see our logo everywhere. That's the goal. That's the goal. And we just thank you for your support because every little penny counts. And uh, to us being able to bring you all these wonderful shows every week. So, let's get down to business. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Um, Judas and the Black Messiah. I love this movie. It is. It has been a while since Hollywood allowed a black radical movie to be produced and be brought out by like Warner Brothers. It's the same. It's the same creator as Harry Potter. <laughs> so to me, I was like, "Ooh, okay." Warner Brothers is big. HBO is big, and it, for it to be broadcasted. And unapologetically black. And what is the truth about history? I appreciated it. Yeah. It's about damn time. Amen to that. <laughs> amen. So this film was directed by Shaka King. Um, it was produced by Ryan Coogler. So for those who've been living under a rock and don't know who that is, he directed Black Panther and Creed and Fruitvale Station and some other things. So those are the those movies he is known for. Heavy hitters. <laughs> so um, they brought us this wonderful film and it was conceived by the Lucas Brothers. Um, the Lucas Brothers are comedians um, who also had a... a I, I first found out about the Lucas Brothers by a television show. It was animated um, that was on Comedy Central um, at the time. But when I when I ran into it, the show had already like ended its run. Mm -hmm. um, but it's about them. They're twins who love weed. <laughs> 
Um, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you go and you find that um, that show. I think there are like two seasons of it. But um, they conceived this story, um, and I cannot think of the screenwriter right now. I think his last name is Benson. Uh, but they all pulled this this film together, and I swear, I think that this one is is probably going to be the talk of the of the year. Yeah, this movie needs to be in schools. This needs to be watched by children. Mm-hmm. This needs to be discussed everywhere. Um, I think this is, you know, it's very unfortunate because yeah, spoiler alert, Fred Hampton is is killed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you are his family, like his wife and his son is still alive. Yes, his girlfriend. They never girlfriend, got married. Right. Yeah, I'm he... so sorry. To me, that their love is incompatible. There you go. But yes, the girlfriend and and the son, which is, which is Fred Hampton Jr. I would feel like finally somebody has recognized what my father has done, mm-hmm. and it doesn't replace his father. But I think it respects the memory. It's it's a long time coming. And it isn't enough that we do this. But we're, we're, we're going to the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, like there is hope at least. So my heart broke. I knew what would have happened. But when I was watching it, I was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this movie is 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 a it's a heavy hitter in regards to um, finding out what happens to Fred Hampton. So, if you all aren't familiar, the Black Panther movement, um, the Black Panther Party movement, started after the assassination of uh, Malcolm X. So, at that point, we've already lost uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, mm-hmm. um, and this sparked a change in uh, people's approach to getting things hap- to happen to to happen for uh, people of color in Mm -hmm. America, specifically black people. And um, the Black Panther Party was founded by Bobby Seale and Huey P. Newton Mm -hmm. in Oakland, California. So um, Fred Hampton was based in Chicago um, during Mm -hmm. his his time there. What I find so interesting is how young everybody was. He was 21. 21. I, and that is something I did not know. I didn't know he was 21 when he when he died, which then made me go and look. I wanted to find out how old uh, Huey P. Newton was when he, he started. I didn't look up Bobby Seale's age, but I reckon they were around the same age. And um, they were in college. They were like 18, 19. They're in their you know late teens, early 20s, creating this movement that meant so much to people around the country. Yeah. Um, so this particular movie, biopics can be hard when telling out a story because sometimes you can have a a movie and you're like, this is the most boring thing or it feels like a character of the person where this one just picked one specific time, these moments in history where we are following not only um, Daniel Kaluuya's uh, depiction of Fred Hampton, but Lakeith Stanfield's depiction of William O'Neill as the informant for the FBI. And in real life, he was 17 when he Mm. did it. And these actors are so damn good. Oh my God. Like, if they don't win any awards, I'm going to be pissed off. 
unfortunately, they didn't get the nods that they needed to, they, or that they should have gotten for um, the Golden Globes. I, I believe maybe Lakeith Stanfield. Um, I think he uh, got a, like Best Supporting Actor. I thought it was um, it was um, Daniel that got it. Oh, maybe so. Cause I feel like Lakeith's picture uh, depiction is um, the lead actor. Yeah, movie. I want I want to talk about that because I'm like this story is about you know Fred Hampton, but it's so interesting how Bill O'Neill's character seemed to be the one that was shown the struggle the most, mm -hmm. and I think what I think Warner Brothers submitted um, Kalua's character for the best supporting actor, um, and I was like, huh, that made me really think. A lot about like you know how how I guess like certain persons can be paint like doing a biopic because mm -hmm. it's like all of a sudden like this person that was probably hated in history for a long time and is still hated in history probably Bill O'Neill is now seen in a different light almost kind of like humanized him that he was also a victim of this injustice that has brought about white America Cause I was thinking like, oh, if he wasn't, if he wasn't the one, they could have found another black man to do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I guess he's also a victim of the system, but also his personal choices also made him what he is. So the levels of like injustice and the levels of how free will plays yeah. into it. And yeah. also like, you know, like do you really have free will as a as a black man? Like mm. either way he could have died. When he's when he cooperated, he can get killed. You know, if he didn't, he would have never left that precinct at that moment in mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what is really what is really freedom for these people? Right. So I was like it was it was so hard. It was so it really laid very heavily on me. And you know, poor Poor, poor Fred, Fred, Fred Hampton's wife or girlfriend. Yes, girlfriend, and even him. Like, I, I had been pregnant, so I have a lot of feelings about that scene, where he can't wake him up. Ugh. Oh, when she can't wake him up, I'm like just slurring right now because mm. I'm just like fuck. Um, so and then he, she was brought out, and it was like, oh, we have a pregnant woman around here. And then you just hear gunshots, and you just see her face. She also deserves all the awards, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They they have a wonderful cast of uh, throughout the entire movie. Um, there's a scene where Fred Hampton has decided that he is trying to, reun to unite other different organizations throughout the city of Chicago. Yeah. And um, one in particular called The Crowns that he decides that he's going to go and visit and have a, this conversation. They kind of are like, you know, not friendly with each other at all. Mm -hmm. Right. And the first time we see The Crowns is at the very at the opening with Lakeith Stanfield where he's getting ready to steal this car. <laughs> and there uh, the person that he's stealing the car from is one of The Crowns and he, he recognizes him in the meeting. Yeah. Because now Lakeith's character is in the Black Panther Party. And um, he recognizes him. 
and the young lady i think her name is judy um who is there as well realizes like something's not right something her intuition is like beep, 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 beep. Mm -hmm. and you see them get in the car and she asks him for his gun where's your gun comrade do you have one he's like yes yeah, in the in the glove box she pulls it out and she puts it on him and mm -hmm. she's asking him all of these questions and interrogating him because she knows something is not right like why is this dude from the crowns coming at you? Like, what's going on? There's something wrong here. But unfortunately, he's able to, you know, like, weasel out of that moment. Always, always. Every single time. Like, you were waiting for him to be caught, right? Yeah. But every single time, he, he just finds his way. And Lakeith Stanfield, his ability to be able to, just with a subtle... The subtle movement of his face show you, cause that you know you see this struggle. It feels like there is this struggle. Yes, cause you know he is a rat, but the people in the movie doesn't know that. Right. So as a, as a, as somebody to watching it, you see that you see that very well rounded character having to having to do all those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. You know, him, like, like laughing it off, like, dang, you know, I know how to, you know, start up the car without the key. And then having to explain, well, how do you have the keys to this car that you said you stole off of a pimp? And then him saying, oh, you know, I had the, I had the key lock changed out. My friend, you know, did all of this. You had to be quit doing some quick thinking and come up with an excuse before you got shot. Yes. And then um, later on, when... You know, he, he's an informant, so he's telling the FBI, like, the layout of the Black Panther Party's um, building. Uh, and them coming in and ransacking the place and getting all the information that they can. Oh my and God. him pretending as if he doesn't know. Because at first, when you're watching it, you're like, okay, he's really sincere in this. Like, he's about this movement. And he walks out, he gets in his car, and when he backs up, he has to turn to see where he's going, and you see him smile. And it's at that moment where you realize, like, this motherfucker is just... Mm -hmm. This is a motherfucker just lying all through this shit. I thought he... I thought he's gonna, like, you know... In, like, as a... If you didn't know, like, what happens in... You know, what happens to Fred Hampton, when, like, one of the last scenes that they're planning t for him to go abroad, or, like... Go oh, to run from from the from the law. Yes, to run mm -hmm. from the law, and he was like, you know, chairman. Um, and he kept like he was slurring his words. He couldn't say what he what he wanted to do. Like, do 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 you want another drink? And I'm like, oh, you feel you feel the struggle, but to them, he's just kind of like tipsy. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, um, Bill had you know had a lot to drink, and then when he comes out of the house. He's relieved because he was like, you know, fuck, I'm getting out of there. Yeah. Um, you're referring to when he's given the drug to be able to oh, make yeah. him sleep, right? Yeah. And, and he's given that drug um, by a character whose name, I don't, I don't even think they mention his name, but he plays a pimp and it's Lil, Lil Ray, the comedian. And Lil Ray, Daniel Kaluuya, and Lakeith Stanfield are all in Get Out, which, you know, I love that they are reunited for this movie. It's perfect, but to have Lil Ray kind of switch up, you know, mm -hmm. who he, he portrays, 
um, in this in this film as uh, someone who is also in a way it's also an FBI informant mm -hmm. coming to make sure that he follows through with what he has to do. Damn. And and it just it the way he you find out that information is just like a yeah. shocker. Yeah, that's when I realized it doesn't matter if you put Jason, whoever in in replace of Bill, mm -hmm. Jason, Fred, Ned, mm -hmm. whoever, they would find a way. They'd find a way to make sure whoever they put in in Bill O'Neill's position to do his job. Mm -hmm. And it is a and it's scarier cuz you see another person that looks exactly like you to be also in in the same damn circle. Mm -hmm. Like wanting to make sure that you do your job so they don't get they don't get cut as well. Yes. And yes. it's all like a charade, a big charade to keep the Black Panther party dissolved or to yeah they their their goal was to tear down this this party person by person j edgar hoover um is known as being someone who you know sent people in on martin luther king on malcolm x on mega mm -hmm. Evers. like he sent people in to make sure that there are ways for them to tear this movement that was happening during the 60s and 70s apart keeping black people down and um, it signified at the very beginning within the opening of the film where we hear him addressing uh, the FBI agents about who um, Fred Hampton is. And then there's a conversation that happens between him and the main FBI agent um, in the film where he basically straights out, tells him, asks him, like, what are you going to do when your daughter brings home a Negro? That's so unnecessary and so uncomfortable. And I was just like, oh my god. You can you can feel the racism. <laughs> yes. In that in that moment. And it was just so heavy. Um, but you understood, like, you know, the director wanted to be clear about who it was that these people were up against. You're dealing mm -hmm. with federal government people who are out there to destroy people by any means necessary. To kill. And and yeah. which, you know, their role in the government initially is to, you know, <clears throat> is to go out and make sure that the country is, is safe and how they saw black people as a threat. Yeah, they're, you know, they take an oath to protect and serve and yet they kill. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's the narrative that we see then, we see now. Yeah, because when now, as we look at, as we look back on what has happened within the last year um with the within the black lives matter movement that has happened after all the different killings that we had last year um you you see how this movie stands side by side with what we're still dealing with to this day mm -hmm. um and you know it's a continued struggle even though it feels like we've moved an inch yeah that inch you know is really important to making sure that we can get where we need to go as a people. One thing in particular that I liked about this movie was the emphasis that it played on Fred Hampton um, uniting all the different people around. Because when he was talking about having a real-life rainbow coalition, mm -hmm. he was straight up, he was like, we have been pitted against not only from our black and brown brothers and sisters, but also our white brothers and sisters who are also poor 
who are finding themselves in the same circumstances that we're we're in but we've been told that we need to battle against each other and so he is bringing all of these people at the age of 21 doing this huge thing mm -hmm. of recognizing that there is power where there are people yes um so i i really like that they that they drove that home uh in this film um i i want more of this in when people are doing biopics um and explanations of like how old people were because there's this idea that everyone was really old and i think it's basically <laughs> because you know when you see footage it's black and white right mm -hmm. so when you see these people talking they look like they're in there like late 30s early 40s mm -hmm. when they're very very young and it really speaks volumes to what it means to move the world at such a young age when at an age where people don't think that you know anything mm -hmm. so if we can have more of this type of documentary you know cinematic documentary done i would appreciate it <laughs> i just want to see uh more Daniel Kaluuya. Um, I think he's a really good actor. Mm -hmm. Like, this is unbelievable. Like, you can, you can put him in any movie, I think, and he would do great. Yes. Like, I, I first know I, cause I don't watch horror movies, and to me, Get Out is a horror movie. I knew he was there, so hard pass. But <laughs> I was coerced. Who? What? <laughs> We digress. So, um, I first seen him in, in Black Panther, right? So, um, when I saw him there, I'm like, you know what? This dude can act. Mm -hmm. He has facial expressions and then his movements. He doesn't have to say a lot mm -hmm. for, for him to convey things. But him doing this biopic kind of like put him up there. Like, I think he is the man of the moment. And... I think he really deserves the recognition um, and just the praise. Because oh, yeah. I knew, cause I knew he, he got into this kind of like um, somewhat of a controversy when they said that why do British black actors get to play black American actors all the time? And he, he, well, he was kind of just like, I don't pay, I don't pay attention to those types of, um, you know, comments and, like, just types of hate because, again, it further divides us. I'm glad that you brought that up because he just did a um, an interview with, I think his name is Van Latham. Um, he just did an interview with him, I guess, maybe yesterday or so, and mm -hmm. the footage is going around. I literally just finished watching it, and he was talking about how Difficult it is when giving interviews because, you know, there's a lot of things that's taken out of context that people don't know. Mm -hmm. So when you're reading it, you're reading an excerpt of what they wanted to edit down. Correct. And so he said the full conversation was, you know, them coming at him and asking him basically, like, why is there racism? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, why, why is there racism and how can we fix it? And he's like, why are you asking me <laughs> about racism? He says, that's like asking the victim why you got robbed. Mm -hmm. You know, so he's like, this is not for me to fix. He's like, I just came into this in 1989. Like, 
this has been a thing for a long time. Yep. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm glad that he was able to clear that up because I know that caused a, a bit of controversy mm-hmm. um, in regards to, you know, what people were reading and then him playing this role. And it's like, how can you have these two things? Um, kind of, it didn't make, make sense at the moment, but him clearing it up and just being like, this is what it was. This is what basically white people doing what white people do, you know. <laughs> um, so he's like, I can't, I can't fix racism. I didn't cause the problem. This is not for me to fix. You, you all need to fix it. Um, so definitely go check it, check that uh, excerpt uh, out or the entire interview. It's floating around on the internet as of today. It's not hard to find. He's yeah. everywhere. He's everywhere. He's been doing his his uh, press junkets. And even Lakeith, he's he's so good. He is a powerhouse. Like, everything he is in... I'm currently right now watching the photograph between him and Issa Rae. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie came out a year ago. Um, and it's now on HBO Max. Shout out to HBO Max. <laughs> I just... You know, HBO Max just keep giving us all the stuff. But, um... Yeah, that movie is good. So, you know, you're seeing him in this love story. And normally he plays the guy who plays, like, these quirky roles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so to see him in this this movie... Yeah, such a serious slide. Like, 360. Yeah. And I'm like, who that? It's giving me Love Jones uh, vibes when watching it. So... See, and, and you know, it, it, it proves to you that... There are more than just white actors in the world. Mm-hmm. That people of color are very well-rounded people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we can do these things. Mm-hmm. We can step up to the game. And we can win awards. Yes. So, I think this film deserves the recognition, the attention, and the praise. And all the good reviews that it's getting. Yeah. Give them everything. Give them the Oscars. Give them the Golden Globes that... That 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 um you all decided to nominate them, yeah. Cause... For like, give them everything that their name is under. I need them to rack up all the stuff. Mm-hmm. I really, um, I really think, I really think they will. Yeah. I really, I really, really think they will, and I hope they will. And you know, it's because basically America is Hollywood, and Hollywood kind of, you know, has it's very white, and. I know they're trying to change. They're all, like, up in this... They're trying to see differently and stuff like that. But at the core of it all, it's... I think it's still... It's... You know, it still needs a lot of work. Yeah. So, if... Like Fred Hampton said, power to the people. So, if the people can can demand more movies like this, I think Hollywood has to listen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that'll change a lot of... A lot of things... In America, because people like to watch movies, um, actors and actresses are very influential. And it would, you know, media drives a lot of power and control. So if it's shared with people of color, then maybe the narratives would change. Then maybe stories would change. Then maybe there would be enlightenment in certain groups of people that need that need to see these types of stories. For sure. And maybe at some point in time, you know, the stories about people of color would, wouldn't just be about this, 
wouldn't just be about slavery, it wouldn't just be about immigration. It could be like a love fucking story, a thriller, like something that's like normal, you know? Maybe at some point in time it could just be like, I don't know, somebody, something as big as Harry Potter. Why couldn't it be right. as big as that? Right. So if Warner Brothers can produce Harry Potter, can produce Judas and the Black Messiah, it can produce like something of people of color in it that is as big as both. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, baby steps, baby steps. But I think we're getting there. Yeah. But I need some toddler steps. I need some, you know. Oh, yeah. Teenager size steps. I need some big steps because we've been doing the baby steps a long time, you know, and we're still having those first moments. And yeah. you know, it'll be a great thing when we no longer have like the first actor who is Latino or the first Asian actor that has done this and won this award. Like, I'm ready for the first to happen and then go, we go surpass the first, yeah. and that we can just continue to go back past those moments yeah um, or like things that things that are like in and being hyped today would stay hyped and would be normalized yeah like we're not just a fad right you know right. people of color are not fads we're not the the moment the flavor of the week yeah, or the like, month you know, or whatever like the waves of you know mm -hmm. like right now the wave is the black lives matter movement like it should have been this like all the time mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. you know the Asian American like pl like plight um when you hear the news and everybody's about like you know we stand with like Asians and I'm like dude where have you been mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so it it it's there it's staying it's it's staying there cuz nobody's trying to really do something about it right right Judas and the Black Messiah is has has found its place in black cinema in the black cinema canon, it, it has. I, this is one movie I, I watched, rewatched it um, for a second time, and it's definitely one that I know that I I have no problem sitting down and rewatching over and over, just like Malcolm X. Um, and I'm excited for it. I have some other movies that I'm excited for for this month that I, I have to sit down and finish watching or start. Um, one is uh, Regina King's uh, directorial debut. Oh, that's right. One Night in Miami. Yeah, that talks about the. It's based off of a play um, that is written about the conversation that the playwright thought happened mm -hmm. when. Um, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, um, Sam Cooke, and, um, goodness, not James Brown. Oh, goodness, I cannot think of this football player's name right now. It escapes me. But they all are together in Miami to watch Muhammad Ali fight. Um, there's a famous picture that is a picture of um, Malcolm X taking a picture of all of them mm -hmm. in this, like, nightclub. And so this writer wrote this play of what it was for having all of them in a room and discussing where they were in history and what it was to be a black man in the moment that they were in. Um, so I'm excited about watching that as well as um, next month, Coming to America 2. <laughs> you know what? Hits the Atars <laughs> on March 5th. I cannot wait. Have you seen the first one? Um, maybe in parts, but I can't claim that I have, I've seen all of it. Oh, well, another movie night is afoot. <laughs> yes, I'm excited to see Minari, actually. 
That I think that is out now. I think it came out on the 12th. Oh, I, have I need to double check that because we got to figure out how we're going to watch that one. Because I haven't seen anybody talking about it. So maybe my dates are off. But I feel like that movie came out on the 12th. So we need definitely need to watch that one for sure. Um, anything that you all are interested in that you know that's coming out, like let us know. Hit us up in the comments below. <laughs> yeah, let us know if there's like you know good, good social watches that yeah. we need we need we need to be we need to be um, aware of mm -hmm. and that we need to talk about. And anything that you think is your favorite, like you know, your favorite film that you can watch over and over, where the lead character is not a white person. Like, let us know what that is, mm. so we can watch it. <laughs> Are you ready to read some subtitles, though? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. Oh, yes. I'm glad you brought that up because we just watched In the Mood for Love. We um, meeting you. <laughs> everybody else. You but were Denny. here because you were working. Um, but I have no problem rewatching it because we watched it twice. The movie is so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. The way that it is shot, you would have thought that the movie actually was shot in the 60s. I don't know what kind of camera he was using, but um, it's just, it's beautiful. The 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 camera work, the clothing, the acting, the storyline, I love every bit of it. If you've never seen that movie, go watch it. It You, you just gotta go see it. So, we've been doing a lot of movie watching yeah. this month. And we, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So thank you for joining us on another edition of the Vulgar Genius Podcast. Yeah. Um, if you don't have HBO Max, call a friend. Um, and maybe y'all can watch Judas and the Black Messiah. It's worth your time. For sure. It's going to break your heart, but you're going to realize if, why systemic racism exists. Mm -hmm. And if you have somebody that just cannot get their head out of their ass you need to let them see this movie and make them realize why the black lives matter movement exists still yes okay okay so on that note we say children watch the movie <laughs> we say adieu goodbye good morning good night wash your hands wear a mask the pandemic is real climate be change is real <laughs> yes be safe y'all bye We hope you enjoyed our show. Follow us on Instagram at Vulgar Geniuses Book Club. Our theme song was produced by Sean Kantrowitz. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Dammit. That's spelled S-E-A-N-D-A-M-M-I-T. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. See you next time. Deuces.